Now, this morning, we um, are going to start a series called Teach Us to Pray, where for the next few weeks, we're just going to take our time and sit in the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to study the Lord's Prayer and see uh, biblically what it means for us today, theologically what it means, uh, practically the implications, uh, what it means for our lives, and we're just going to sit in the Lord's Prayer and study it line by line, verse by verse, uh, phrase by phrase. And so uh, this morning, I really want to lay the groundwork for uh, what we'll be studying the next few weeks, and um, we're just going to be laying the foundation here, looking at uh, a number of different things that we'll get to in a second, but uh, stick around. I think this is going to be a really good series that's going to inform a lot of some of our questions and our struggles when it, with things uh, in the lines of prayer. So uh, if you can, keep coming. Join us uh, this whole series long. I think hopefully this will be helpful. I'm sorry, I'm having some mic issues. This thing's a little loose this morning. But um, as we dial in, let's, uh, let's pause and let's make space and let's give the Lord the first word this morning and bring our hearts to him and sit in a moment of silence and awareness of the Lord's presence with us. Let's be still for a moment. Father, in this stillness, we become aware once again of your presence. We reorient ourselves into the reality that you are not a distant God. You are not a slave driver. You're not angry. You're not vengeful on us. But we're your kids. And you journey with us. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit that's here with us this morning and every single moment of our lives. We remember you. We remember that this is all about you. And we can eat the bagels and we can drink the coffee and we can hang out and uh, grow in in meaningful and life-giving relationships. But Jesus, if you're not in the center of this thing, then we're just having fun. We're just knocking around. We're just here. But Jesus, you are here, and you are the center. And we know that if that's the case, then we can leave this place changed, and we can leave these times changed, and we can leave these times challenged and encouraged. Father, we thank you for everything that this week um, has held in all of its highs and lows. We thank you that yesterday, uh, here at New Life, we could celebrate the life of Micah Flick um, Lord, we thank you that just for the, um, yes, the heartbreak that that was, but Lord, we thank you for the sweetness that was yesterday, his funeral here at New Life. And we thank you that there were thousands and thousands of people, and police officers in particular, who heard the gospel of Jesus Christ yesterday. God, we thank you that the word of the Lord went forth Uh, to well over 6,000 people yesterday, and they heard the uh, life-giving, life-altering message of Jesus Christ. And we pray that 
Uh, every seed that was planted would bear f- uh, forth fruit and harvest, and that you would continue to draw souls into your kingdom here in Colorado Springs through the work of our hands and this church and this body and the church around the city here in the Springs. We love you, Lord. We invite you here. Uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. May good come from this, Lord. I pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. Um, have you ever been lost somewhere? You ever gotten lost? Uh, maybe you plug in an address on your Google Maps and you follow it, assuming that Google has their act together. And you wind up in an abandoned warehouse downtown on the outskirts of the city or... Uh, or, or maybe, you know, you, it's your freshman year and you're going on your college campus and you're looking for your, you know, 1101 English class and you're, you're walking around campus just with this dazed and glazed look on your face trying to find the right classroom and you find that you are lost. Has anybody been there? Um, I got myself lost one time at church when I was about five or six years old. Uh, at my home church of Family Worship Center in Kokomo, Indiana. And, okay, I got a woo on that. Did not expect that, but okay, I'll take it. Uh, yeah, and, and one, this particular day, I was walking into church, and, you know, I got my, my New King James Bible in one hand as a nice little clean-cut Christian. Got my dad's hand in my other hand, and we're walking in, and uh, we get into the main lobby, and my dad kind of lets go of my hand, and we're walking together, and he just kind of veers off left, and I'm not even paying attention. He's assuming I'm with him, and I just veer off right, and I start following, you know, the shoes of someone who I think is my dad. And so we're walking, and, and we're, I'm probably walking for about a minute, and then I go to grab this man's hand, and I grab something that feels unfamiliar to me. And so I look up, and this strange man looks down at me, and he jumps. <laughs> and then I jump. And then I start screaming in the middle of the church lobby, and, and I'm terrified, and he's guilt-ridden at the fact that he's terrified this child, and I am causing a scene in the middle of this church lobby because I think I am lost. Ah! Well, I think often in our prayer lives, we can feel sometimes lost. We can lose our bearings. For whatever reason and in whatever circumstances, we can let go of the hand of our Father and just enter into disorientation and muck and mire and fog when it comes to our prayer life. We can feel lost. We can wrestle uh, with questions, wrestle with doubts, try to figure this whole thing out. What is this thing that is prayer? I thought I had a grip on it at one point, but now it feels like I don't. I'm going and I'm, I'm trying to pray, but I'm really not feeling anything when I pray. Uh, I'm going and I'm asking the Lord for things and making requests, and yet it, it seems like nothing's happening. You ever been there? Um, I'm, 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 tr- I'm trying to pray and do this whole thing, and it feels like I'm kind of just rambling at the sky, like, okay, bleh, take it, Lord. I think we all, at some point or another in our journey with the Lord and this life of faith, can struggle with this issue of prayer and can just feel at times that we are lost. What is this thing that is prayer? Um, 
And especially as we grow into our young adulthood, I think in this phase of us asking questions that we ought to ask and wrestling with concerns that we ought to wrestle with and uh, putting the information and the traditions that we grew up with as, as children into new prisms of um, intellectualism and rationalism, which is good and a good thing. We ought to keep those at bay, obviously, with faith. But we, we're in this mode where we're asking questions and prayer naturally Uh, falls into that category where we begin to ask questions and at times we can just feel lost. We lost our bearings. Well, you know, when we look at scripture, it's interesting because even the disciples of Jesus felt this way. And we see that the disciples, uh, one in particular, goes to Jesus and and obviously uh, we can insinuate was lost a little bit when it came to prayer. What is this thing that is prayer? Because in Luke Uh, Chapter 11, verses 1 through 2, uh, it says this. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he, that is Jesus, said to them, when you pray, say, and then he goes on and gives us the Lord's Prayer, and he prescribes to his disciples the Lord's Prayer. Now in Luke um, if you've got your Bibles in front of you and you're looking at the entire context, the Lord's Prayer in Luke is a very summarized chunk of the Lord's Prayer. We see a, a longer uh, chunk of the Lord's Prayer in, in the book of Matthew, but, but Luke offers us a summary of the Lord's Prayer, and it's the one that we all are familiar with. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. We can go through it, but, and we will. But the, this disciple obviously had questions about prayer. And so he goes to Jesus as Jesus is modeling prayer. And he says, hey, Jesus, can you, can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing? Uh, can you share with us what this whole prayer thing is about? Would you teach us to pray? And the Lord gives him the Lord's Prayer. And I think it's an important detail here that we can so often glaze over and miss. But this request comes in what chapter of Luke? Chapter 11. 11 out of 24 chapters in the book of Luke, okay? And so this request is being made pretty far into this narrative of the disciples walking with Jesus. And Luke, a writer who writes very linearly, who writes very historically, who writes events in the way that they transpired, he puts it at Luke chapter 11. And so in other words, and and, uh, a thing that we can glaze on over is that the disciples had been walking with Jesus for some time now. And go back through the book of Luke, the first 10 chapters, because what you'll find is there were some pretty massive things that happened in the first 10 chapters of Luke. Um, The apostles first were chosen, the disciples at that point. They were chosen, right, called. They were walking with the Lord. Um, What else did they do? They were sent out to heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons, and they did that. And so they were working uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit uh, with Jesus, and we're seeing these amazing miracles coming forth. Three of them, the inner circle, Peter, James, and John, saw with their very own eyes the Lord transfigured before them. And Moses and Elijah, we see the first 10 chapters of Luke, this massive story of the disciples journeying with Jesus. And yet in chapter 11, we see them say, Lord, teach us to pray. This foundational question. Um, 
And I think that can be an encouragement to us because some of us get so frustrated and we get so, uh, so torn up and we get so discouraged about our prayer life and how we feel like at times we don't have our bearings. But the disciples were in that same position. Some of you have been around the block from time to time and maybe now you're at this point where you're just wrestling with this thing that is prayer. Well, you're not alone. It is a well-worn path of believers who have journeyed with the Lord, wrestling with this thing that is prayer. And so they say, this disciple says, Lord, teach us to pray. He makes this request. And Jesus' answer is significant to us. Because when asked if he could show them how to pray, he did not say, hmm, just, uh, just wing it, bro. Like, you just, you just pray. You do you, man. I'll do me. It's just you. This is just whatever. Nor does he say, um, you know, bro, bro, just pray as you feel led. Just pray whatever's in your heart and just kind of go with it. But instead, Jesus describes and prescribes a prayer that believers ought to pray. He says, when you pray, say this. When you pray, pray this. Pray these words. And so throughout this series, uh, we're going to look at this uh, prayer that the Lord prescribes to us. And as, you know, this morning, um, like I said, I want to lay the foundation uh, of the weeks to come that I think we're going to build upon. And first, I want to tackle some misconceptions that a number of us have about prayer uh, and, 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 th- and think of it in some ways that we are just off in our understanding of what prayer is. And then after we do that, I want to propose that the Lord's Prayer should inform those misconceptions. And also, uh, the Lord's Prayer is a way forward for us who feel like we're just kind of lost or have questions about this whole prayer thing, informing uh, our misunderstanding and blazing the trail forward in maybe the darkness that some of us feel like we're in when it comes to prayer. So let's hit the three misconceptions about prayer, shall we? You guys good? You with me? All right. Um, Give me a whoop whoop if you've been there before. Number one, prayer as the cosmic Coke machine. And you don't have to give me a whoop whoop. That was stupid. I shouldn't have said that. Prayer is the, yeah, I'm going to own that. Woo, I believe that. Prayer is the cosmic Coke machine. It's been a long week, you guys, I'm telling you. Um, okay, so this, this thing, so I'm just going to put, uh, let, me, let me reach out my quarter of faith, and uh, I'm going to pop it into the Coke machine, and uh, oh, we got grape, we got root beer, we got cream soda. I like Jim Halpert, so I'm going to go with grape, okay? So um, grape soda, okay. And you know, it's a goofy way to describe it, but we can think of prayer sometimes as this mechanism through which we plead with God and receive what we want. And as long as we got the quarter of faith, we got it. Oh, if we pull out the nickel, okay, that's not going to work. It's got to be the quarter. And we plug it in and we get what we want from God. And really we do one thing. We pray one prayer and the mechanism of the thing takes over. And with this, prayer becomes a very rigid, it becomes a very transactional um, thing that we uh, give ourselves to, thinking that we can just kind of do one thing and then we'll get what we want. Okay, Um, first off, aren't we dealing with a God who is omnipotent and infinite and has an understanding of us and humanity and the universe far beyond what we understand? answer would be yes. 
Um, and is God not likened time and time and time again in Scripture as Father? The answer should be a resounding yes. So when we, when we treat prayer simply as this rigid mechanism through which we plug a couple things in and get what we want, um, that, that's taking the, the divine exchange. That's taking the relationship. That's taking the, the intimacy out of this beautiful thing that is conversing with our creator and talking to the one who made us. And, and that talking really takes a number of different shapes that we'll discover throughout this series. But um, prayer is not a mechanism through which we get things. Uh, prayer is not something that we just uh, say, okay, well, I, I make my request, and it's this formula, right? I make my request, and then if, as long as I say in the name of Jesus, then what I ask for is mine. And if I really want to seal the deal, then I add a passage of scripture, maybe from the prophetic books that's really obscure and I think applies. Um, okay, sure, I'll throw Ezekiel in there. Yeah, all right. I'll be receiving that new car first thing tomorrow morning. God, awesome. Prayer is not exclusively mechanism. Prayer is not mechanism. Prayer is not something through which we get things out of God. Uh, so that's the first misconception, prayer as the cosmic Coke machine. Number two, uh, prayer as wet paper towel requests. And here's what I mean by that. Ha- have you ever prayed that prayer where you kind of just throw it up to the sky and hope it sticks? Uh, Lord, I-, I don't know if you're really in the business of giving me satisfaction, you know, in my career and in school. And I'm not, I'm kind of feeling like I'm in this lull. I'm, I don't really like where things are at. So could you maybe just give me some satisfaction, please? That'd be great. Uh, or Lord, you know, I've, I've heard that you're the provider. And, you know, you can see my current situation. I've got a 1990 Jeep Grand Cherokee with 289,000 miles on it. I might need a new car here, so just, yeah, hope it sticks. Uh, God, I really haven't studied or read any of my textbook in my class this semester, and I have a final tomorrow. Lord, would you just give me supernatural recollection of all the material I haven't studied? There. Just... That's all too real, isn't it? And we kind of just, we throw it up like, like this wet paper towel and we hope that it sticks. And if it's answered, then we know and can have confidence that God has heard us and that it is stuck. But if we don't, and if it falls flat to the ground and we see that the prayer is unanswered, then we know, well, okay, I must be doing it wrong. There must be a problem with my method. Ooh, the, the prophetic books. Yeah, I'll go back to that method. I'll throw up a scripture. Kind of throw some saliva in there and maybe hope it'll stick more. Prayer is not a, a, a set of wet paper towels. And I know that's goofy, but we don't just throw prayers up to the sky sheepishly. God, would you just answer this? Uh, maybe, I, th- I think there's a scripture about provision somewhere. I think there's a scripture about contentment somewhere in scripture. Just, yeah. Um, prayer is much more than that. And we ought not be sheepish in uh, our requests with the Lord, because we're dealing with our Father here, who, as Matthew says, uh, as he documents the words of Jesus, uh, he says that you who are fallen, uh, even you, if your kids ask you for an egg, are you going to give them a stone? Like, oh, that's, that's what you asked for. 
If he asks for bread, are you going to give him a snake? You know, like you're, even you who are fallen and fragile and broken know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more then will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? We should not be sheepish in our prayer lives. The wet paper towels that we hope will stick. But we can be confident as we pray. And that, I think, our study of the Lord's Prayer in the weeks to come, we'll inform that a little bit more. Uh, number three, misconception, our third and final one. Prayer as a divine therapy session. God, I'm so lonely. God, why does my life suck? <laughs> Lord, why did this person do this to me? Why am I feeling this way? Ah, ah, ah. And we're like, we're venting and we're venting and we're venting. We're throwing these emotions down. And then we get up out of our chair or off the floor or whatever our, you know, mode is. And we say, wow, God really moved. Man, God really did some stuff in me. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, that was great. And we treat this thing of prayer as just this emotional vomit. Lord, ah, I am this. I feel this way. I feel this way. And let me stop and let me say that uh, voicing our emotions and our frustrations and, and both those that we deem as positive emotions and negative emotions, though I believe there is no divide between the two, um, we see an entire book of Scripture dedicated to this, and that is the book of Psalms, come on. We see the Psalms one after another after another. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why do the nations rage? And then you have the bright spots. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. You make me lie down in green pastures. You restore my soul and everything in between. And you see these highs and lows of the psalmist voicing their emotions to the Lord. And we ought to do that. But if that is only what our prayer life entails, I think we're missing it. Because uh, could prayer be more than that? Could prayer be more than all of these things, all of these misconceptions? Could prayer be more than mechanism? Could prayer be more than sheepish requests that we throw up to the sky? Could prayer be more than just emotional catharsis? This mode in which we feel a sense of emotional uh, durability and uh, orientation. Yeah, okay, great. I feel that way. Prayer, could it be more? Jesus would argue, yes, it can and it is. And in looking at these misconceptions and in looking at these different things, we can go to the Lord's Prayer and see that Jesus himself has laid out for us a prayer in which we can uh, stake our confidence and our hope in. And we can say, okay, if Jesus said, this is the prayer that we both ought to pray and build upon, but the prayer that we ought to pray, then we can have confidence that we are praying right and praying well. And so in light of these misunderstandings, um, I think it's helpful to view the Lord's Prayer in just a couple different ways, okay? Two primary ways that the Lord's Prayer works in our lives today. First off, uh, I want to suggest that the Lord's Prayer is the training wheels of the prayer life. The Lord's Prayer is the training wheels of the prayer life. Through the Lord's Prayer, uh, we learn to speak lovingly. We learn to speak relationally to our Father. Through the Lord's Prayer, we learn uh, to, to pray intelligently even. We learn to pray in line with uh, his kingdom and his will. And through it, we orient and align ourselves and yoke ourselves into uh, the God and his activity, his kingdom work upon the earth. 
And even this isn't a perfect metaphor because with the Lord's Prayer, they're training wheels that really stay on the bike. Uh, We never fully take them off. We never get to a point in our life of faith where we look at the Lord's Prayer and say, yeah, okay, I'm past that. I think I got it. Yeah, okay, yeah, check. I've prayed that a couple dozen times growing up. I think I'm good. But the training wheels are always on teaching us. Like a toddler learns to take their first steps. Like a child learns to ride his bike straight and safely. This is the way that the Lord's Prayer functions in our lives, in our lives of prayer. Uh, That we pray them and we learn to pray as we ought to pray. And for me, I know... um, Every single day, I'm voicing to the Lord just a myriad of prayers. God, my kids are driving me crazy. Would you give me peace? Give me patience, please. Uh, Lord, this stupid driver cut me off in traffic. Oh, would you give me grace? Lord, give me grace, please. And Rush would say, don't say stupid, Dad. Okay, I won't say stupid. Sorry, buddy. Um, God, would you help me? You know, in settings like these, Lord, give me the words, give me that idea, give me something that I can speak that will uh, impact these young adults. I'm praying uh, these myriad of prayers, but yet, though I'm praying a lot of different prayers throughout my life and throughout my days, um, there's few mornings where I don't get up off my chair and into my day where I stop and I pray the prayer that the Lord taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us? And would you lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I get up, and there's orientation there. I, if, uh, the rest of the day, then, there's, just, there's a map in which I know my prayers ought to be ordered around and ought to follow the Lord's Prayer is the training wheels of our prayer, and through them, they gra- uh, the Lord's Prayer grounds us uh, and, and allows us to have the proper foundation upon which we build the rest of our prayers. And then we know and can be confident that we're praying them rightly in some ways. Um, the second thing, the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow a, a word picture here and a metaphor, but the Lord's Prayer here is the front door of the prayer life. And this is from N.T. Wright. Uh, N.T. Wright describes the Lord's Prayer as the front door of the prayer life. Okay, track with me for a second. If you're trying to get into your parents' house, say you've been on a trip, say you're coming home from college, say you went to work and you live with your parents and you're just coming back home. Say you're trying to get into your parents' house. There are a number of different ways that you can get into the house, right? You can climb through the window, you can like, Grab a rock and and jump through. Uh, you can go to the back door, the screen door, and if it's unlocked again, maybe grab a rock and and get through. Um, if conditions are right, I guess you could get through the chimney or through the roof and be a skylight. I, there's there's a number of different ways that we can get through a house, but the primary way that the house was made to be entered was the front door. And it's only fitting that a son or a daughter of your parents should enter through the front door. Um, it's, it's unfitting for you to feel like you have to enter your own parents' house, your own house, in some ways, in a certain sense, through the window or through the back door. But there is a way in which these things ought to go. There's, there, there's a reason why there's a front door for easy access and entrance. 
Well, I think with our prayer life, there's a number of different ways we can enter prayer. Uh, Pleading, God, help me. Again, that 1990 Jeep Grand Cherokee that I talked about earlier, it's died. Lord, help me get a new engine or help me get a car. Ah, just help. Pleading. It could be emotion. God, I am so, so broken right now. I feel lost. I feel uh, disenfranchised. I feel orphaned by you. I feel this way. I feel this way. It could just be a simple request. Father, pray for safety today. Pray for protection. Pray for peace that passes all understanding to guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus all day long. There's a myriad of different ways that we can enter into prayer, but there is one front door. And the Lord's prayer is that front door. It's the, it's the prayer in which we pray as Jesus taught us to pray. And as we pray it, the front door opens and we see our father standing right there. And he says, oh yeah, come on. And if we jumped through the window and kind of scurried around the house, we would eventually find the father because the father's in the house, right? Uh, That's no question. If we enter into the house, our father will be in the house. But if we enter through the front door, there the father is greeting us. And he says, hey, come on, welcome home. Come here, check out the living room. Look what I did. Did you see the elk I killed? Yeah, I mounted that thing. Look at that, wow. And he takes you up to the guest bedroom. He's like, look, I got this new uh, TV for the guest bedroom. Isn't this awesome? And then he takes you to your room. Look at the upgrades I've put. And look at, and he's journeying with you through the rooms and he's showing you the house. And it's this beautiful, exchange that we're having. Well, the Lord's prayer is the front door. And it's the only way in which sons and daughters of of, uh, the father should appropriately enter the house. And again, I'm not saying that other modes of prayer um, aren't warranted or we shouldn't pray them because we obviously ought to. We see evidence of that throughout scripture. But the Lord's prayer is the front door. Our father who art in heaven front door opens and we enter into this home that is the home of our souls, this exchange with our God, our creator, this divine relationship in which we were made for. And there we talk with the father and we converse with the father and it's dynamic and it's rich. And we have no doubt in our mind that the father has heard us and that we're doing this with him. So this, um, the Lord's prayer, you know, is the front door. And as we pray this, um, we're entering the house the way it ought to be entered. And we're entering in the way that is pleasing to the Father. And in the way that as we do that, we kind of find this orientation. We find this alignment. We find this anchor. We find this clarity that, oh, this is the front door. Okay, I've, I've kind of been going in through the back door and thinking that that was it. And that explains why I'm feeling confused and frustrated with some things. Because that was the way I... I Really, I could have entered, but I shouldn't have entered. The front door. And with this, when we pray the Lord's Prayer and treat it as the front door of our spiritual lives, we find that there is uh, calibration, and there is alignment into kingdom, and there is alignment into the Father. And uh, we pray the prayer that ought to be prayed, that Jesus, again, didn't just say, hey, pray like this, and we do pray like it, but he said, pray these words, the Lord's Prayer. And so, um, you know, with that, we're not treating the Father like some mechanism, and we're not treating the Father as some deity that we're just throwing requests up and hoping they get answered, and we're not treating the Father as our divine therapist who's just sitting there patiently and, you know, writing a note here and there, but we go to him in the front door and say, Lord, your kingdom come, 
your will be done. It's all about you anyway. I could go on and I can prayer and petition and do all these different things, but Lord, at the end of the day, it is about you and it is about your kingdom. There is alignment there. And maybe some of you this morning um, are so frustrated with your prayer life. Uh, maybe you're frustrated at yourself because you feel like you should be farther along than you are. Maybe some of you uh, are, are, are feeling like you're in a rhythm and you're in a flow and, and, and you feel pretty good about it, but there's just a portion missing. Well, I, I want to challenge you. Over the course of this series, as we continue to look at the Lord's Prayer, phrase by phrase, line by line, what it means for us today, let the Lord's Prayer be your foundation. Let it be your training wheels to your prayer life. Let it be the front door in which you enter and find the Father uh, in a beautiful way that maybe some of you haven't found him before. Use this as the front door to your prayer life. And so, you know, as we wrap up this morning, I just want to challenge each and every one of us. Um, as we go through this series, for those of you who are willing, I would challenge you uh, to pray the Lord's Prayer at least once every single day. Maybe it's before your feet hit the floor and you're still in bed and you're waking up and you, maybe you have preset coffee being brewed and you're hearing it and you're smelling the whiff of Folgers. If, God bless you if you drink Folgers. Maybe Starbucks or something. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're in the shower getting ready for the day or maybe it's, it's you know, while you're cracking open the scriptures. But just, I challenge you, pray the Lord's Prayer once every single day this week and maybe even throughout this series. And I think what you'll find is that what we've talked about this morning holds true. That there's something durable about this thing. There's the training wheels that just kind of align you. There's the front door that allow you to go about it in the way it ought to be gone about. And I think you'll find the dynamics of your relationship with the Lord really expand and take a number of different shapes that maybe you haven't experienced before. So let the Lord's Prayer, over the course of this series and over the course of these weeks, be your foundation, be your front door. In it, we find the Father the way he ought to be found and the way he desires to be found. So let's go. Let's pray. Um, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you haven't left us as orphans to just figure this thing out on our own. But you gave us the Holy Spirit, and then beyond that, you gave us canonized scripture. You gave us durable, objective, absolute truth to ground us. You prescribed to us a prayer that we can pray and find you in the process. Lord, thank you for not being distant. And Lord, I pray that as we, those of us who choose to pray the Lord's Prayer in our lives, I pray that we would find you in a rich and in a fresh and in a profound way, but in a durable way, in a way that is held uh, through the test of time, in a way that believers have been doing it for centuries. God, let us anchor ourselves in you. Um, would you draw us into kingdom love and kingdom life again as we pray the prayer that the Lord taught us to pray? And as we discuss and nuance these ideas, we pray that this would become concrete in our lives and that we would leave this place knowing exactly what you're drawing us, beckoning us, uh, inviting us to implement and, and uh, order into our lives. God, that the entirety of our lives may be pleasing to you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, we're going to wrap this thing up in about uh, 15, maybe 13 minutes. Uh, to be specific, 
But um, love you guys, and God bless you as you discuss. Okay, go ahead, get to a stopping point with those discussions. Um, I want to say something really quick before we wrap up. We're going to put the Lord's Prayer up on the screen in a minute, and I'll pray this together as we have in the past. But um, what we're not talking about is right and wrong. Um, What we're talking about is best, uh, better or best. Um, The the way that we pray, um, I think because God is a father, right, and, and we're his kids, there is open pastures in our prayer lives. And so I don't want some of you, if you're thinking this, to hear me say there's a right way to pray and there's a wrong way to pray, as if it's like this legalistic thing that we're entering into. It's this discourse, right? But but there is a best way to pray. And I think Jesus lays it out with the Lord's Prayer, both with the prayer itself and in the um, elements in which we can take from the Lord's Prayer and apply it to our lives today. So anyway, wanted to make that clear in case there was any lingering, like, ooh, what are we talking about here? Um, but I don't know if it's necessary, but wanted to, wanted to clarify nonetheless. So with that being said, let's stand up and let's, uh, let's pray the prayer that the Lord taught us to pray today. Do we have it? Yes. Gabriel, thank you for making this happen. This wasn't uh, on the screen, and Gabriel made it happen, our tech guy. Thank you, Gabriel. Everybody, make some noise. We could have said it by memory, I know, but it's just nice. All of us, congruency, cogency, it's good. Okay, let's pray this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Say the strong. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen.